is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, hey, um... Hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Today on a very special episode of the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast, um, I'm being overly dramatic about a really cool conversation that I had with Ian Koniak. Ian is a sales coach. He is a top performer, was the number one rep at Salesforce for a couple of years in a row, and then left that position to really, uh, what you're going to hear in this conversation, fulfill his mission and really fulfill himself by helping other reps sell with integrity. And you're going to hear that word integrity over and over again, because it's a huge part of what it means to sell like you. Now, Ian and I met a couple of years ago, actually, at Scott Ingram's uh, Sales Success Summit, and we reconnected this past year. And uh, Ian talks about the integrity gap. And uh, I'm not going to spoil the interview. I want you to listen to it. Uh, but when he and I got to talking about that in Austin this fall, uh, we just, we, you know, really said, look, we got to continue this conversation because you're coming at things a little bit differently than I am. And there's so much more to explore here. So this is not a typical episode of uh, the podcast. This is a little longer. It's less of an interview and more of really just a creative discussion uh, that he and I recorded a couple of months ago. It is up on his uh, YouTube channel, the entire uh, discussion. Of course, this episode in its current form is up on my YouTube channel. So uh, watch this, pause it, go check the video so you can see some of the visuals that he and I display on this. But um, I wanted this to be a part of the podcast feed because it's such a really deep discussion. We uncover new ground, and I, I think you're really going to love it. So um, check it out, and can't wait to talk to you again when it's done. Ian, it's really good to be with you. Um, we started this conversation, what, a month ago now um, in Austin, uh, talking about integrity. And, and I watched your uh, presentation at the Sales Success Summit and your integrity gap that you illustrated so beautifully there for uh, everybody in attendance. And, you know, I, I recognized and, and, you know, we, we chatted a little bit afterward that, you know, I'm approaching the same concept, the same topic of integrity from a different angle. And I think our, our approaches are very, very, uh, I think they're very complementary. The thing that I'm noticing though, and the thing that I'm so excited about is as far as I know, you and I are the only people talking about this and we're talking about it from different stand or, or points of view. Like why is it taking so long for people to get this? Well, I think integrity is misunderstood as a concept. I don't think 
people know what integrity really means. They they hear the word integrity and they think being honest and, you know, being truthful and keeping but morality, your right? Yeah, yeah, morality, keeping your word. You know, I'm a stand up person. You know, I live with integrity. That's that's not what it means. And and um, in kind of coming up with this integrity gap concept that I presented um, when we were in Austin. The, the word integrity comes from the Latin root integer, which means whole or complete. And so when we're referring to a person, the word integrity is, are they complete and are they whole? And specifically, what that means is, do they live their values? Do they live mm-hmm. their values? So you can profess to be a stand-up person, but if you yell at your spouse, or if you're living a double life and hiding secrets, or if you're simply not doing what you know you need to do when no one's looking. In other words, you could be a salesperson that knows you need to build pipeline and work hard. And when no one's looking, you're just goofing around or going on YouTube or messing around. In in all in all situations that I just shared, um, you are lacking integrity. And I think that could be controversial for some people who might say, well, that's not true. I just you know have trouble focusing. But the reality is that once I realized in my own life, the days where I felt really whole or complete were the days that I kept my word to myself and mm-hmm. the days I actually executed what I planned at the beginning of the days, I knew I was onto something because for many years I would beat myself up and, you know, I'm like, why do I, why am I so hard on myself? Well, well it's really simple. I didn't keep my word to myself. I knew I had things to do and I chose not to do them or to do other things instead. And after beating yourself up for so long, you eventually get tired of it and realize there's got to be a better way. So that that's how I started my journey. And and then things started to shift in my life when I just simply started keeping my word to myself and others. And and then, uh, you know, I started teaching it. So I'm glad I'm glad you're talking about it. I'm glad I'm talking about it because people need to know why they're feeling so why people are hard on themselves and why they're feeling bad about themselves. And when you can reconcile that, um, everything changes, everything changes. I love that. And I know you're going to illustrate what you call the integrity gap. And that is a gap that, you know, obviously the tighter it can be, the better you're going to feel. It's interesting to me, though, that there are a lot of people who feel like they know what the right thing is, and it's not necessarily the right thing. You know, you have to keep your word, but how do you know if your word is the right one? How do you know if you're even putting yourself on the right path? I mean, sometimes you just get stuck in a bad role or whatever. You want to make the best out of it. But like, there are some times where you just... This just isn't the right fit, right? I love the question. And anyone that makes a decision and it happens to be the wrong decision, maybe with where they're focusing or maybe with even what they're doing with their life or the partner they marry, or, I mean, there could be a lot of bad decisions that we make in our <laughs> life, but those people aren't out of integrity, right? If if you make a bad decision and you go all in and you realize, you know, maybe I'm on the wrong path right now. And then you realize that, and then you don't do anything to change the path, then you're out of integrity. So making a wrong decision is not being, that's life. I mean, we're going to fail. Right. We're going to do jobs that maybe aren't the best fit for our, our skills, or we're going to fall and make mistakes. How, how could we not, though we're human? But that's different than integrity, being whole or complete. Now, if I know, I'll give you an example. Um, I was running a pretty big sales organization in 2000. No, 2012. So this is 10 years ago. I was running um, the sales org for for Rico, Southern California. So we had mm-hmm. 70 uh, AEs and 10 sales managers, and the business was doing about 60 million annually. And 
I read an article in Forbes magazine and the article was featuring Salesforce and how the strategic enterprise AEs at Salesforce made on average $300,000 a year, over 300,000. I read that and I was blown away because I never imagined that that was average. <laughs> yeah, average, <laughs> average. So I, I was meanwhile running a 80 employee organization doing 60 million and I was making around 250K. And I said, and I was the number one director of sales in the country at that time. So I realized I'm playing in the wrong sport. Well, once I saw that, I made a decision that I would do whatever I could to get into SaaS. And at that point, if I had sat on my laurels and just said, well, I know it's better, but I'm comfortable. I know I should be doing this, but I, you know, don't want to walk away from the pension or, you know, the security here. I would be out of integrity because I know I want to be doing something else. You see, Mm -hmm. integrity is a conflict within yourself. It's not about right or wrong, good or bad. It's about are you using the word should all the time and not acting it? Are you someone who knows what they want and actually acts on it, right? that That's yeah. really what it's about. So it's a, a little bit of a nuance there, but I wouldn't say making wrong choices or doing the wrong thing is is not being an integrity for, for that uh, illustration. Well, let me, let me kind of share with you the way I approach it. We've shared, you know, talked a little bit about this and I think of integrity kind of from that point of view of the alignment between who you are what you do, who you do it for, how you do it and why. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's gotta be an alignment there. And you know, sure. th- you see a lack of what I call integrity when someone is in the wrong role, or it's maybe it's just not the right role for them anymore. Maybe they've grown out of it. Like you're, you're explaining yeah. there when there's yeah. no longer that integrity of purpose and mission and passion and enthusiasm. And sometimes that 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 gap is created because the sales techniques that you're choosing are not right. You know, they're 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 you're being told to make a bunch of calls and you know that your customers respond better to showing up in person or whatever, right? You know, where where you the the process or the methodology you've been prescribed is too rigid. You know that you would perform better in a different environment. Yes. Your customers would respond differently. You know, you're doing what you say you're going to okay. do. So, so you're so, in integrity with that regard, but it's just not the right. Yeah. Fit. So that's, that's, I love it. And I think that absolutely fits the framework of my integrity. So mm-hmm. when I say, and, I, and I'd love to share the illustration when, you know, when, and if uh, you want me to, yeah. but when I look at the framework that I share is your values and your actions and behaviors, are they aligned, right? Mm-hmm. Is your beliefs, are your values? So if you see yourself, for example, as someone who is authentic and you see yourself as someone who's creative and then you're being forced to do a hundred calls every week and act like a sales robot, you are not living your values. So it's right. absolutely fitting that same definition because mm-hmm. you're continuing to stay in a role where you can't express your best qualities, your best self, right? It's like mm-hmm. if I were to have stayed in Salesforce, knowing that I wanted to serve people and coach people and help people at a deeper level than what I could do selling software, I would have been out of integrity because I'm not getting to you know, fulfill my purpose on the planet. So I right. love your definition. And I think it aligns perfectly with my definition as well. It really does. Why don't you go into your illustration there and, you know, whiteboard this out for us. Um, You know, I've I've seen the slides. I know elsewhere on your YouTube channel, you've got some, some illustrations of this. Um, You you know, what did show us what it is you're, you're, you're talking about here. Yeah. I think sometimes seeing is a little bit easier than just talking about it. So I, I'm a visual guy. I like to, um, 
I like to see things and sometimes it clicks a little better. So mm-hmm. I, I created a, a graph and, and it's really simple and I call it, it's called the, the integrity gap. And I, I'm so excited. I just got to uh, approve or I just got to submit this to the U S copyright office because it wasn't there before. And I'm like, That's this awesome. is so powerful. I, I want to it, protect it a little bit. It's, it's uh, so cool. When you get that, you get that certificate back and it says yeah. that this is yours, you know, exactly. it's all official is, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I want this to be my, my contribution to the world because I mean, honestly, it's just so important. It, it, it answers the question of how can we find happiness and fulfillment in life? The simple illustration. So if you're not on a computer, get on it so you can see what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> so I'm going to show you. So we have a few different um, we have a few different charts on here. So on the X, um, on the Y axis, we have our results. And on the X axis, we have time. Okay. And I'm going to illustrate what the integrity gap is in a very simple chart using two lines. The first line is what we call the identity line. Okay, this is the way that we see ourselves. It's it's the way we view ourselves. And when we think of identity, there's a few things that come to mind that are that are pretty important. But really, it's our values, it's our beliefs, it's our thoughts. And really, it's our words, too. It's not just our it, it's it's how we position ourselves to ourselves and to others, right? This is our identity. It's the way we see ourselves and the way we want others to see us. It's what we think. It's what we say. It's what we believe and what we value in its simplest format. OK, so think of that first line as the identity line. And the reason it's going up and to the right is as we grow older in life, as time passes, we expect more from ourselves, okay? This is why when someone turns 30, sometimes I see this, or I saw it with some of my female friends when I was around 30 years old. They all said, well, I'm 30. I should be married or, mm-hmm. you know, in a relationship. <laughs> my my biological clock is ticking, right? Because they expect, and, and again, I know we're in an interesting time right now where man, woman, you know, he, she, they, right? Everyone has different ideas of gender, but I'm making a, a generalization for my specific sure female friends, they wanted to have babies and be settled down in a relationship when they hit 30. I saw that on my three closest friends that were single at the time, and they all were feeling this way. Well, this is the identity saying, I am 30. I should be in a relationship. You know, I want to have babies by now. I thought I'd be in a different place. Now, if you're turning 40 like me, right, you might say, um, you already have a family. Maybe you want to say, well, I thought I, I should be promoted right now. I expect to have a certain amount of money in the bank. I expect to be performing at a certain level. So that's why the results are going up. Because as we get older, we expect more from ourselves. The other reason is our identity is expanding. So as we gen- tend to get older, we take on more responsibilities, not just for our work, but we get married often. We we have children. So our identity expands to the identity of a partner or the identity of a father or a mother or the identity of a, a leader in our maybe our church or our community, right? So the more life passes and the more mature we get, the more we expect better results in all areas of life. Well, that's the identity line. And the challenge for, I'd say, 95% of this world, probably higher, is that there's another line which doesn't necessarily match up with this. And that is the reality line, okay? And the reality line is our actions and our behaviors, 
Okay, so I'll just illustrate this in, in a couple examples, but to keep it super simple, this here, anything that is space between our identity and our reality, that space between is what I call the integrity gap. And I'll give you just two quick examples of that. I just shared one example, but if I see myself as a healthy person, I happen to love running, and if I'm not running, if I'm taking a month off or I get out of my routine, I am going to have an integrity gap because my identity is that of a runner, but my action behaviors are someone that's not running, right? And that's why I would feel bad about myself. So how do I fix that? Well, I start running and now have very little space between the reality and the identity line. The two are aligned. Mm -hmm. If I see myself in your example as someone who is creative and someone who is authentic, and I am in a role where I can't be authentic or creative, and I'm being completely stymied by my sales manager who's micromanaging me and just wanting me to do things that are unnatural to the way I sell, right? I'm going to have a big gap between my reality, my actions and behaviors, and my beliefs and identity about myself, right? If I'm a great husband, and I think myself that way, and I think of myself as very calm and patient, and yet I'm irritable and, and, and snappy with my wife and yelling, I'm going to feel really disoriented and upset with myself because it's out of character. So mm -hmm. anytime we do things that are out of character, out of identity, or our behaviors don't match our values, we are going to have this gap. And the key in life is to identify where a gap may exist between the way you see yourself and what you're actually doing every day and start to take actions that bridge that gap. And once you do, you will feel great, not oh. good, but great about yourself. And by the way, the results end up following. So we the results end up being close to the identity. When we change our actions and behaviors, the results of the outcome, the, the outcomes that you actually wanted from the get-go. When that integrity gap is slim to nothing in a sales context, I call that feeling non-monetary compensation. That's yes. fulfillment. That is like, I am in a place doing exactly what I know I am born to do. Like I was put here on this planet to sell copy machines or to train salespeople or to coach people to reach their maximum potential or to raise children or to, um, I don't know, dig ditches. I'll tell you what, there are people who are like totally fulfilled by digging ditches and like, it's their bliss. Like, Everybody has it. And it kind of goes, um, I heard Jay-Z say this very the, uh, for the first time, and I love the way he put it, and it kind of sticks with me. It's like, everybody has Hall of Fame talent at something. It's a matter of finding what that is mm. and then doing it and putting yourself in a position to succeed. This your magic. That's what you believe. And it's not just... Um, uh, it, it's not just a skill. Like, it's an intention. It's a purpose. And that purpose makes up that integrity line. So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show.
I was going to say, I love, I love the way you're thinking about this, Jeff. It's a little bit different than how I am, but it, it mm-hmm. adds and complements the way I'm thinking about it. Cause you're, you're looking at the identity line as the purpose line or the life mission line, which is next level. That's in Maslow's hierarchy needs. That's really the self-actualization line, living, becoming yourself and living your values every day. Right. So I think of it as look, Hey, the way I see myself and my actions and behaviors align, am I doing the things that are in integrity with, with my values? Do I show up? Do I work hard? Do I work out? Do I, mm-hmm. you know, spend quality time with my family? You're thinking about even at a, at a grander scale of, am I living my greatest life? And am I, am I living with purpose? And am I, you know, living my mission, which is like something I think many, many people, um, and they're not even there yet, right? They're just right. like, can I can I keep my word to myself and actually work a full day, right? So I just like where you're taking it because because that's really the ultimate goal for any person on this planet is to live their, you know, their their mission and and use those Hall of Fame talents in an area that will serve the world. So I, I just love what you're you're adding to this conversation. Thank you. I I think. You know, and that's why I was just excited to have this conversation to begin with. And the fact I was like, you know what, we should, we should probably record this. Some other people might <laughs> benefit yeah, from right. this too. But when you talk about, like, it is hard enough to just show up every day and do the work that you need to do, right? <laughs> so that prospecting block is not very forgiving, right? Like you have to do it. And it's not the most fun thing in the world for a lot of people. Again, there are some people who just thrive in that situation, but like you have to do the things that you know you need to do. And there's a reason that not everybody sells. There's a reason not everybody digs ditches, right? Like you you have to do those things. And to keep your promise to yourself, to live to your potential, to to, to keep the standard of what you need to, that, that you set out for yourself. Like uh, right now, it's a very challenging time for a lot of people in sales right yeah, now. And there are, really, really there are, there are a lot of people out there and we can even go outside of sales, like just the, the general economy and the market in, you know, uh, overall, there are a lot of breadwinners out there that aren't winning as much bread as they want to. And for reason that is for reasons that are out of their control mm-hmm. and that doesn't feel good. Because that, that increases the gap there. I am, I identify as the breadwinner for this family and mm-hmm. now I'm not winning bread and it is really hard to dig yourself out of that rut. And we can go totally sideways here and, and talk about uh, the mental health crisis in you know professional world and where the expectations have been set and how those expectations are having to be amended because of the changing environment that the you know the the world is taking on right now, everything that's happened over the last three years. Um, my wife, I mean, she's like, she's my best coach. And she's like, Jeff, have you just stopped for a second to recognize that our foundations over the past three years have absolutely been, they've crumbled underneath us. All the stuff that we thought was important all of a sudden isn't that important anymore. Like, will you give yourself some credit for that? And I fight back because at the same time, it's like, I live in a zero sum world. You, you did, you did what you said you were going to do, or you didn't like, it's difficult for a lot of people to reconcile them keeping their word uh, to themselves. Them, you know, did I hit my goal or didn't I selling is a results oriented game. You hit your number or you didn't, you made the sale or you didn't. It's, it's difficult to put all those things together. Well, it's interesting about the integrity gap. So, so yes, the world has shifted and, and the, the, and I mean this, and I can say this from the bottom of my heart, when you're focused on the outcomes and when you are letting the outcomes debilitate you, 
you're more out of integrity than anyone mm. because integrity <laughs> isn't about outcomes. The results are basically infinite, right? The results can go up forever to the, to the right. There is no limit on what's possible. The outcomes don't matter with the integrity gap. All that matters is the actions and the behaviors you're taking every day. So if you know you've done everything in your power to hit your plan, you've done the activity, you've developed yourself, you've hired a coach, you've joined a mastermind, you've attended the seminars, you have gotten to the right company, you have literally worked on yourself as much as you do and you don't hit the numbers, right? At the end of the day, there's nothing more you could have done. That's the that's the value. And, and if you missed it, knowing you've done all you can and you feel horrible, and I can I can so relate to this, Jeff. I can oh, so sure. relate to because there was a year, it was 2016. Okay. When I I had come off missing quota two years in a row. And, and this is I, I'm gonna circle back to why actions and behaviors are more important than outcomes. Mm -hmm. And then we can talk about what's going on now in sales. But I had worked for a boss. He's, he may be listening. He might not. I'm not going to say his names, but he was just <laughs> horrible for two years. He was horrible. And I say he was horrible because he made me feel like just a number. The boss oh, I had originally at the company nurtured me, helped me. I flourished other, under him. I got rookie of the year. Then I go to a new boss and he just fundamentally, it felt like he didn't care. It was like, go do this, go do this micromanager, look at the report, telling me how to run my job. I just completely didn't have the autonomy over my time and my tasks. And I crumbled in that situation, missed my quota two years in a row. And I said, I got to leave, either leave this boss or leave the company. I ended yeah. up leaving the boss and I stayed at Salesforce, go to another boss. And this guy's the polar opposite. This guy is so kind. He's so caring. He's so nurturing. He's just like the best boss I've ever worked for. And he gave me a great territory. He gave me a great opportunity. He believed in me. And I said, thank you. I'm going to do everything in my power to, to hit it. And I worked my ass off. I did everything I could. I doubled down on my activity. I doubled down on, you know, my, my, um, my desire. I mean, I really was doing everything I could and it gets to the last day of the fiscal year and I'm sitting at 95% of my quota. Okay. And I have one deal to go. And I was told that this deal is going to um, get in. It's going to put me on club. It was a nice size deal. Would have mm -hmm. made me well over. Would have put me at like 120% of plan from 95%. Yeah. Customer calls me, says, come on in and pick up the paperwork. I'm like, great. They're like, you just, one more thing. We just got to sign the president. It, it just wants to talk to you for a few minutes just to, to meet you and sign. This is already approved. So like, perfect. I'll come in. Last day of the fiscal year, January sure. 31st. I get in, go over everything. She's like, give me a minute. Just wait outside. She keeps me waiting outside for an hour. She's on the phone. I'm like, what's going on? I hear her talking. She's talking in Chinese. The company had a parent company who was, who was uh, Chinese-based, and she's calling, and, and, and I, I didn't know if it was another call or what, but um, she comes back in an hour. Um, now it's around 4 or 5 o'clock, the last day of the fiscal year, and she says, Ian, I'm sorry, but we can't do this deal. And I said, I said what do you mean? What's going on? She's like, well... <laughs> I just got off the phone with our CIO of our parent company in China, and he told me that they have a similar CRM initiative, and they don't want us to sign off until they vet this to make sure it's not redundant. And I said, this has nothing to do with your parent company in China. This is specifically for your organization. It's 
completely autonomous. It's a, it's a subsidiary company. Like there's nothing redundant about this. Like, yeah. let me, let me talk to the CIO. Like we've, this is the last <laughs> day. This is the last day of the year. We don't have right. this deal. Well, I had given him a smoking deal. Mm -hmm. um, and she's like, I'm sorry, we can't do the deal. I'm like, well, let me get the email address at least. Let me, let me see if I can get them on. So I'm sitting outside again. Now it's five or six and I'm emailing. I'm trying to call nothing, no response. Now it comes around. It's about six. And she's like, Ian, you got to go. I, everyone's closed. <laughs> I got to shut the building down. And I said, I, I sent you the die. And I started throwing out discounts. I'm like, if you do it today, I'll give you another 20% off. It's gonna Because at this point, I just need to get the deal to get to my number. Yeah. It's been two years missing. This would have been third year. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not leaving without this deal. And I told her that, right? right? So I was like, going to do whatever it took. And she's like, look, this is not my call. The CIO tells me not to. I'm not going to do it. You want to get him on the phone? If he tells me, okay, I'll sign the deal. So I'm like, great. I'll send send the DocuSign over. It'll be in your inbox. So I send her the DocuSign and I keep calling the CIO. Nothing, nothing. Go home. Now it's about 10 o'clock at night. Finally, he picks up the phone after like 15 calls. He's like, hello. I'm like, hi, this is Ian. I'm so sorry to bother you, but you know, we're trying to get this signed. It's the last day of our fiscal year. And you know, I just want to answer any questions you might have or just you know go through because I understand there might be a question about redundancy. And, and I'm just telling you, this is not redundant. It's very we've been working on this six months, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Ian, I'm sorry, but I'm on vacation with my family. I can't deal with this now. And he said, Why does it have to be right today? Why does it have to be right now? And I said, Because it's the last day. We're not going to get this deal. We put everything together. We've been working all year for it. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't work this way. Click. Wow. Okay. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. It was January 31st, 2017, the end of our fiscal year for 2016, because we ended in January. Yeah. And my head, I've never had such a pulsing migraine in my life, Jeff. It was pounding. It was just, I looked at myself and it was an out-of-body experience. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. I screamed the F-bomb. And I just remember <laughs> thinking my, my identity was shattered. And the mm -hmm. reason this is so important is because my identity was being wrapped around being a top performer. And when you have your identity wrapped around an extrinsic motivator, like performance or money or income or status, you are fucked. Pardon me, but there is no way to maintain being a top performer all the time. And that is not the point of integrity gap. So yeah. I'm giving you that example because if you're wrapping yourself around results, sometimes it's just out of your control. And sometimes you can do everything and still fall short. And if you beat yourself up over that, you're just going to be in for a very disappointing life because there's always another level of performance and income that you could go after that's external to you. So integrity gap is all about integrity within yourself, not within the external world. Mm. So when, before you told that story, you were talking about, um, not getting tired, not getting too caught up in the results, knowing that you've done everything you can. My question to you, I'm going to plant this seed and then I'm going to throw you another question. Okay. Sure. So, um, how do you know when it's been enough? Okay. And the reason I asked that question is I'm going to tell you my own story. Year 2013 at my company, I was rep of the year. They gave me a really nice watch. They gave me a watch that I would not buy for myself because my Got phone tells me what time it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and so I, I and I love it. And with the, the little sidebar here, I wear that watch when I perform. I wear that watch when I'm on stage in front of hundreds of people because I'm reminded of why I want it. Right. So there's a mental tie to that, an emotional tie to that. Um, but I won that year. And it was after I thought I won the year before, like they get ready to announce the name. I'm halfway out of my seat and they announced my friend. Right. So I had years of consistent performance with this, this company. Market forces changed, things like that. We go through 2014. 
I like my territory actually shrunk by about a percent and a half. And I am pulling my hair out. I actually ended up in a therapist chair. And it was the first time someone was like, you realize your expectations are totally unreasonable, right? And I told her, I said, no, 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 you just don't understand. Yeah, this is just how it is. This is the industry. This is how we sell. This is, this is the world that we live in. She says, tell me what I don't understand. And she just lays all this stuff out there. It was, it was like I got shot. Like I'm just rocked back in my chair. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're right. How do you know when it's enough, right? I mean, and, and at that moment is when I decided that I needed to do something else. I needed to make a change. I ended up opening up my own business. I mean, similar to what you did. Like, that's how I ended up where I am today. Yeah, but yeah. how do you, how do you coach somebody who is in your position, who is in my position? And we have years of hindsight to, to rely on now, but let, let's talk to someone who's, you know, 35 year old us back yeah. in the day. How do you, how do you coach them to say, you know what, you've done everything you can, you have to let go of this when everything in their world is telling them you have to hold on to this. This is who we are collectively. Yeah. And, and this is a counterintuitive answer, but you just answered it yourself when you said, how do you coach someone? If I'm coaching somebody, they are already doing enough because they hired a coach. Okay. So this is a this is not a biased answer because I know both of us coach people, but sure. for my story, I had tried on my own for for 3 years uh -huh. and failed. And and the problem that most people have they're not doing enough. It's not just they're not working as hard. Let's say you are working as hard but you're still not hitting your goals or you're not getting the results you want. The problem that I had for three years is I was so damn stubborn that I thought I could figure it out on my own. And I did not seek help. And what I learned in 2017 after that migraine is, is I never will ever want this feeling again. I never want to be sitting the last day of the fiscal year and, and need one deal to win. I'm This yeah. is the worst feeling of my life. So I'm going to do I'm going to multi-threaded. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to do, I was a lone wolf that was, that was starving. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to actually learn how to sell from others. That was the realization. So at that point, I finally became receptive. And when you are receptive, when you, you are humbled, when you are God, the universe, whatever you believe, mm -hmm. you get to a point where you get humbled and defeated and in addiction recovery, we call this a rock bottom. And I had hit my rock bottom in the sales world at that point. And at that mm -hmm. point, I was blank inside. And I said, I don't know the answer. And that really led me to join a mastermind, hire a coach. And that next year, same person, I end up finishing number one in the enterprise space at Salesforce and making seven figures. So yeah. Go figure, same person. So what did right. I do differently? Well, I said, I let go and I let, mm. I, I let go and I got help. So if you are thinking you're doing it all, but you're not actually investing. And I mean, paying, I'm not talking about watching YouTube videos. I'm not talking about, right. you know, looking on a podcast like this. I'm talking about paying for somebody to help you like you or like me or part of the mastermind where sure. people have done it in the highest level. And there are a lot of great people running programs right now. But if you're not willing to fork out some money and actually get help to invest in yourself, you're just 
a fool, in my opinion, if you are not getting the results you want and trying everything on your own, because clearly you're not able to face reality and realize that, you know, you are the problem and you are the common denominator between sex, success and failure. Now, at that point, if you get a coach and you follow the playbook and you actually have someone helping you and you do exactly what they say and you still miss it, then I've never seen that. I genuinely have never seen a situation where someone was getting mentorship or investing in following the playbook to a T and really doing what they're saying and not having results, right? That's that's the truth. When I've that's been my secret sauce is every year after 2017, I actually got coaches and and mentors. I did it from 2018, 17 to 18 in a sales capacity in 2019. Um, I did it to build my brand, to be able mm -hmm. to come up with my website and content and market fit, pitch and strategy. That was great. Why reinvent the wheel, right? So I hired Brand Builders Group. And then in 2020, I did it with Addiction Recovery. I got into a 12-step group. I got a sponsor and I went to therapy specifically for the addiction that I was struggling with. So yeah. and then in 2021, I, I joined another mastermind for coaches that are looking to scale their business to seven or eight figures. So I have just followed this playbook of modeling and investing and learning from the best. And that has shortened the learning curve by decades, really by mm -hmm. decades. So that's, that's the answer. How do you do know if you're doing enough? Well, are you learning from the best in a one-on-one -on -one or a really intimate capacity where you're getting support and you actually have what works from other people? And if you're not, you're not doing enough. If you're doing all that, it's still not working then just be patient because it'll work over time. The process will work itself out if you just stick to it. Because in the, in the end, consistency um, with the right focus and the right activities always, always works, right? So it might be six months, it might be a year, but in the end, it will work out. You just have to have faith and trust the process. Well, in, in a long enough timeline, it's nothing, yeah, right? I mean, right. You're, you're talking about the length of your career and, and, you know, it's really easy to get caught up in the short-term stuff. But when you recognize that you're doing the right things for the right reasons, yeah. et cetera, now all of a sudden, you know, it, it, the end of time doesn't matter. The, 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 the timeline itself. Yeah, yeah please. exactly. That's, that's, that's exactly right. You, you and I are so aligned on this, Jeff. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love talking to people who get this because it's, <laughs> it's so, it's just enriching and energizing for me. So thank you. Um, consistency over time. Too many people give up when they don't see immediate results. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about like immediate results, like three years. We're talking about immediate results, like three months sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. People, they put in the work, they try and execute the plan, and then they give up because they don't see immediate results. We are living in this world where people want instant gratification and they want instant, you know, um, results. And it doesn't work that way. You have to pay your dues. You have to put in the time. And eventually, you're the one, if you stay consistent and do the right things, right? You're, you're, you're going to see the results, but you have to stay the course. You have to stay the course. So when my, when I started selling copiers, my boss made me promise him. He said, Ian, if you do it, you, you, if you do it, I tell you to do, I will guarantee your results. I will guarantee your over plan. I will guarantee you will have your girlfriend from Venezuela to the U S within a year, but you need to make me one promise. I said, what's that the guy's name was Tim Harris. He said, Ian, you promise me that you will give this two years because a lot of people, they can do everything and they might still not hit, but it, it eventually is a guarantee. And sure enough, first year I did good. Second year, I blew it out of the water, double my income, third year, double that. So it's like, it is all about trusting, you know, having faith, um, trusting the process and staying the course. And that's where I feel like too many people fail. So the, the, are you doing everything you can? Well, how long have you been doing it is another question. Mm. Are you getting the help from the top performers? And are, have you really been patient? I would say anything you do, give at least two years. Mastery requires 10,000 hours is the is the normal course for mastering anything. So 
and that's five years. That's five years of a full-time job is, is 10,000 hours, right? 2,000 hours a year. you're working full-time, right? Most people, right. it's eight to 10 years, right? Depending yeah, on how much you're working. So for I'm, sure. I'm looking at the book. There is such a good book that I just, just read on this. I think it's called Mastery. I, I, I think that is the name of the book. I'm looking at my... Um, my yeah, it's called Mastery by Robert Greene, and he just okay. talks about the value of staying staying the course, and really the, the top performers in any industry in any field have been doing that thing for a very long time. So too many people just jump jump ship and move and jump companies, jump roles, and you're never going to really settle in if you do that. So that that's the the other part of it is like how long have you really committed to doing it? You said something a couple of minutes ago um, about letting go. Letting go of what? I, I have I have something to add to that, but I, I letting letting go like attachment like... attachment to results attachment okay. to results instead of being attached to results, be attached to execution of the process. Whatever mm -hmm. the I call them revenue generating activities. But if you're in sales, if your results and you're attached to like hitting quota, that's too far. You don't control that. But if you are just focused on what deals can I advance today, right? I call them revenue generating activities are either advancing pipeline or creating pipeline. So what mm -hmm. deals can I advance today? Look at my pipeline. What are the things, what are the hard conversations I need to have? What's the info I need to get? What are the next steps I need to book, right? That's in your control. And then prospecting, right? Creating pipeline is the other, okay? If I don't have the pipeline, if I've done all I can in deals, now it's time to actually start prospecting again instead of running circles and annoying people when they have to go through their process. So I think that when I say letting go, it's letting go of attachment to extrinsic outcomes mm -hmm. and instead hanging on to what you can do today to actually determine your destiny and, and only measuring yourself on, did you do those things or not? It's it's really focus on the process and not the prize. That That's the simplest way to put it. Love that. And I'm going to take a spin on that. Um, letting go of the way you think these things need to be done and doing them the way that only you can do them. And I'm going to tie this back to integrity and I'm going to show you my slide. Now I'm not as good on the whiteboard as you are. Um, so I'm just, I, I, fumbled, that, I fumbled that thing big time. <laughs> I, I was like trying to get the fonts right, but I think, I think we got through it. <laughs> um, I've got this, this graphic. Um, and if you're, if you're listening to this in the podcast feed, then um, go check it out on, on YouTube. But um, th this cycle, I call it the sales success cycle. And it's what makes up the, the whole theology and methodology behind Sell Like You. And the three aspects of this cycle are integrity, belief, and performance. Integrity is made up of what I told you about before. You know, are you doing the right things for the right people, the right ways, for the right reasons? When you have that alignment put together, it instills belief. When you believe you can do something, that is the only way you're ever able to perform, particularly at a high level or anything reasonably considered a high level. But when you believe in your own integrity, when you believe in your own skills along the lines of that alignment, that's when you can rethink the way you sell and you can start to redefine selling for what it is for you. So you can't sell the way Ian sells. You can't sell the way I sell. Neither Ian nor I can sell like each other, right? If I took your scripts, if I took your playbooks, if I took, I would be good because this stuff is good and it works, but I won't be as good as I can be until I make that stuff my own. If I take the roots of why what you're doing and what you're teaching is so good, and then 
making, translating them into my own, you know, unique language. That's when I can reach my highest potential. That's when anybody watching or listening to this will be able to reach their highest potential. And that's where I think people go wrong. They think that the playbook is going to do the work for them. No, no, no. Your take on the playbook is what is going to make you succeed. But when you believe in what you do, when you rethink the way you sell, now you start to perform in a way that is in alignment with your purpose, with your higher principles, with your enthusiasm and everything that goes along with that. That's what it means to sell like you. And that is where your ceiling gets completely obliterated. There is no ceiling when you do that. This is a virtuous cycle. Your integrity instills your belief. Your belief is the cornerstone of your ability to perform. And when you perform in line, you know, in alignment with your integrity, it just continues to spiral up. And this just popped into my head, Ian. I would think when you go back to your uh, illustration of the integrity gap, I would think that if you get you know get carried away with this virtuous cycle here, you may be able to take that line of activity, your your action line, your your um, what did you call the bottom line? The reality line. The reality, the reality line. You can, I don't know if I named it. I think I just put re, I just put actions and behavior. That, that line is called the reality line. The first one is the identity line. So if I, I miss that one, then, then that's. Uh, I believe that if with this, this cycle could actually carry your reality line above your your um, integrity line. Um, that remains to be seen. We need to work that out. I'm just spitballing here, you know, as, as I get to talk to you about this. I would but, agree too. I would agree because um, like, again, it's like your identity. It's it's really interesting because I, you know, again, I don't, being sensitive, the fact there are layoffs and there are um, yeah. a lot of turmoil. I'm actually having my best year in 2021 or 2022 amidst all this of my, of my career. And it was far above my results or far ex excess of what I saw myself doing as a, yeah. as a first year, you know, full coach. So I do believe that's possible. And I, I love the illustration and it, it is only because of how I'm showing up. I mean, right. I, I'm so not attached to the outcome. I, I, I'd, I'll just share some numbers with you. I'd said, you know, if I can make 750 this year, that would be a great year. Right. Sure. Last year, around five is the coaching business this year, my first full year, full time where I wasn't at Salesforce. So I said, ah, if I do 750, I'll be happy. That's 50% growth. Yeah. And I will finish over one, two, possibly more. Wow. So, but fundamentally, like I could never have imagined that. But here's the thing I wasn't attached to one, two. That wasn't what I was aiming for. I wasn't right. even aiming for 750. I That's just thought, exactly. you know, that, that that would be a nice outcome of me being an in integrity. So it's it's interesting how it all works out like that. You see this happen with reps all the time. They talk about hitting quota. I'm going to hit quota. I'm going to hit quota. I'm going to hit quota. They don't do much more than quota. Yeah. See, if you were so attached to 750, 1.2 is never in the in the the, no, it's the, the, the windshield at all. You can't even see it because you're, you know, you you get what you think about, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So if yeah. you think about bad things, you know, I don't want this to happen. That's how you talk yourself right into those things happening. If you talk, if you think about in any limiting way about even good things, 750 is a lot of money, right? Like, and listen. It's not the same as stroking a W-2 for $750. Like there's a lot of expenses that go into running a business like you and I run. So for anybody listening, like it's the math is a little bit different, but when you it's still a lot of money. And if you were to just say 750, 750, 750, you don't even create the possibility for 1.2 to happen. 100%. But when you think these are the things I need to do to get to 750, and I'm just gonna do those things, come hell or high water, 
Yeah. Well, one, two comes into focus. One, five comes into focus. Two, oh. eight comes into focus. It, it, it's, it's interesting because now two, four is in focus for me. So I'm on a plan for, you know, for that for next year. Because yeah. that, that's the, the 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 person that I'm getting coaching from. And like, well, if you just do this and this, it's just math. You just have to get this many people in this level and set up your <laughs> right. order and your offer this way. Now, is it going to happen? I have no idea. And if it doesn't, I don't care because that's Who not cares? the goal. Right. The goal is to serve at scale. The goal is yeah. to you know, really help, help salespeople. And I, I know if I do that, the money's going to flow. So I think again, coming full circle, integrity is about not just like doing what you say you're going to do, but it's like, are you actually helping and serving other people? Are you just self-centered about, you know, what you, I, I, I wrote this. It's, it's so interesting. I wrote this. I don't know if I could find it. I wish, I wish I can. I might, I might be able to find it in a second, but I, I found this, um, this document a few years ago and I wrote about integrity and it was like 15 or 20 years ago. And, um, and I, and I, and I, I had this, this document of like, what is, what is God? Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and it was very, very deep and I want to yeah. find it. We can maybe add it if we need to, so I can find it for you and, and, and go through here. But I want to read it to you because I found I found it yesterday and it was like the most interesting and powerful thing that I had written. And I didn't know it at the time. And and I went back at it and I looked at it and it was like, oh my gosh, what what is this? And yeah. so I'll I'll look at it. But what I what I talked about is this idea of God being love inside of us and this desire to know what's right and to do what's right and to this moral compass of um goodness that flows in in this this idea that god wants us to serve and help and love and give and that is the whole point of life and if we're not doing that we are not going to feel as fulfilled and so yeah. that is part of selling with integrity and selling like you is like, am I truly trying to help people? Or am I just trying to make as much money as I can and be self-centered? And it took me nearly dying to come to that realization that <laughs> even though I made all the money in the world, I had been very self-centered and that none of it would have mattered if I were to have died. Whereas now I could say, you know what, my life actually, you know, when I die, hopefully people will take some of this stuff and, and use it for bettering their lives. And that to me yeah. is another example. Oh, here it is. I found it. Can I, can I share this? Yeah. Can I share this? Because I think people need to hear it. And again, this is when I was like struggling with addiction. It was 13 years ago. And I came up with this stuff and I put on God. I said, God is not a tangible being who will decide who spends an eternity in heaven or hell. God is not definable image or spirit who takes on a physical form in the heavens. God is the force inside all of us, which causes human beings to do good. God is a spirit which drives us to be the best we can be, to extend our hands to others in need, and to act out of benevolence and kindness rather than greed and selfishness. God is the spark which ignites one to change his or her life for the better, to give something back to others rather than merely consume from them. God lives inside all of us and can only be seen and heard when we are open to listening. Mm. God exists in our lives when we exist to help others and love ourselves. Only then can we really know who God is and allow him to guide us in fulfilling our life's purpose. Only then can God give us a clear vision and help us see the light at the end of the sometimes dark and obscure road of life. Only then can we truly have faith. Wow. Wow. How do you, how do you top that? That's probably a good place to wrap this up. This, this was, this was fun. I, I I just found this as I was cleaning my files. I'm like, wow. so cool. So so if you think about that love, if you think about that part of you that just 
feels good when you give to others, that part that shines, when you can make the lives of others, put a smile on others' face and actually do something that benefits and helps other people, whether it's your kids, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your customers, whether it's, you know, the, the social world, right, through posting or whatever, like that is inside all of us. And, and when that is given a channel to get out, we are in integrity with living our greatest purpose and living our, our, our true life. So I just, I just thought that was perfect based on what you shared around, around, oh. you know, your definition of integrity. So that's so good. That's how it all ties together. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks for the work that you're doing. You're impacting people in a serious way and you're showing them how to do it the right way, which is, I, we need more models like that and, uh, you know, keep up the good work. You too, man. I, I love this. And anytime you want to jam on any of these principles, man, I'm 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 at your I'm at your beck and call. So good, <laughs> good stuff, man. How about that bit at the end? I, I mean, you you really know you're onto something when you know something you found that you wrote years ago, you know, still resonates with you. Uh, later when you find it. it, it's, I think you have to pay attention to those moments because I think they happen to all of us. And they're really that stark reminder that you've been tapped into something this whole time. How often do you let yourself really pay attention and honor um, those, those feelings, those thoughts, that, that intuition? Um, I'm going to dig into integrity in the very next episode. I've got some more that I want to go into here. Um, Ian and I covered a lot of stuff over this extended episode, and this is longer than uh, most of the episodes on this show. Um, but I thought that was such a great conversation, and I didn't want to cut it uh, into two separate uh, releases. So I'm going to do a little bit more on integrity, like I said, uh, on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, go check out and connect with Ian. You can follow him on YouTube. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. He's got a newsletter and uh, actually he's got a, a training program, a coaching program that you can sign up for. I'm going to have all of those links in the show notes. Of course, you can find those there. And uh, look, I appreciate you spending the last uh, almost an hour or so uh, with us. I hope this was inspiring to you. I hope it was as valuable to you as it has been to me. And uh, I can't wait to dig into this a little bit further with you next time. I'll talk to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.